Hey, your old man did pretty good tonight. Why weren't you there, huh? You should have seen me. You guys hungry? No? Here you go. Here you go. You want to see your friend Moby Dick, huh? Hey, don't Moby Dick. You miss me today or what? Huh? Huh? Here you go. Say hi. You know, if you guys could sing or dance, I wouldn't be doing this, you know? saw my niece in her middle school play. <laughs> okay. She so. played Miss Honey in Matilda the Musical. <laughs> nice. I like. I like that. Um, she fucking killed it. <laughs> Alright. Alright. She ate all those other fucking middle schoolers for breakfast. Bitch, I'm telling you the truth! <laughs> I haven't seen Matilda in yeah, a long time. And... We did not cover for the pot, right? No. Okay. One of my favorites ever. One of my favorites ever. But uh, much like Rocky, she ate lightning and crapped thunder, so. <laughs> Hilarious. Hilarious. I guess the transition, but I saw you gave Rocky five stars on Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. Now, a part of me was not shocked, but the other part of me was shocked. I think, not I think, I know... I was recently, when I did my rewatch of the Rocky franchise in March, I wrote that I wasn't sure how this 70s movie would resonate with people of this generation. I think because the movie is is pretty paced and there are parts that are are just very still in a good way, but still nonetheless, I wasn't really sure like if someone for today would kind of look at it and be somewhat bored by it but i don't think you were uh, so what caused you to give rocky five stars yeah i mean uh regrettably it is immaculate what you mean regrettably <laughs> i feel like our podcasts are always more fun when we have bad things to say hilarious <laughs> i mean you never know we could say something bad in a five-star movie it's possible but I thought the pacing was immaculate. I thought the vibes were great. I don't know why. And this blew me off guard a little bit. I just. Rocky was so nice. <laughs> <laughs> like, I really feel like I was socialized to believe that he was just like a tough son of a bitch. And that was his and that was thing. It. 
And he had to, like, learn how to have discipline, right? Yeah. And, like, that to me seems like how, like, culturally this movie is summarized. Yeah. But that's not what it's about. <laughs> it is, it's not at all. Like, it is absolutely not at all. And Rocky is, he's truly enduring. Like, he is. He, he is the sweetest bean. <laughs> So I fired up Rocky 2 And at the beginning of every Rocky sequel they do a summary Of the previous one And mm-hmm. it's when Adrian gets in the ring And he, his first thing He says to her Rocky! Where's your hat? Where's your hat? <laughs> so well, it's like he, it's the only part of the outfit he didn't compliment her on before the fight. I mean, uh, by the way, quick sidebar: I absolutely love the fashion in this movie. Everyone was so just well. I absolutely loved it. But Rocky is absolutely adorable. Yeah, and like he 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 gets the dog, and he's so excited about the dog. <laughs> uh, his his fucking turtles are named Cuff and Link. Cuff and Link, and and, uh, and the rest are marbles. So much. I don't think. Well, I can tell you were not prepared for the love in this movie. I. <laughs> you just heard I the truly, you heard the theme song, and that was it, huh? Do not know how to describe. Well, no, I've seen like all the training montages. Oh yeah, yeah, that's I, what I'm saying. Yeah, I truly thought it was just like he runs up the stairs, he punches some guys. I will also say though, this was a Nickelodeon movie of the week at one point. Really? That's and they cut like all the kissing. I mean, you got to cut that scene. Like, I mean, you know. And so I just thought it was that. Like, I thought Adrian was kind of there the whole time. Yeah. And like whatever. So I I truly had no idea what I was getting into. You know, and it's so funny that what you feel is how everyone describes Rocky in the movie. Like they basically describe him as a Neanderthal, which is so disrespectful. I my heart was breaking when he was saying to Adrian, he's like, Oh yeah, like I'm an idiot. Like I I don't know. And she's like, I don't like it when you talk about, like, yourself like that. And he's like, well, what person besides an idiot would fight? Mm-hmm. And it's like, baby, you can't, like, read. <laughs> and that's oh, not shit. your, and that's not your fault. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> I think, to me, the most heartbreaking scene in the movie is... They're, so they're watching a press conference on TV, and Rocky's setting to leave. And before he's like, "Yeah, no, this shit's bother me, whatever." And then when he leaves, he he gets like shallow focus. He's like in dead center of the camera, and he's, you know what I said before about it not bothering me. It bothered me, and then he just walks off, like. Eyes to the ground. So, so heartbreaking. So, so heartbreaking. Like, uh Yeah, and I just, like... <laughs> Cat speechless. <laughs> Cat speechless. I, like, I have never, and I mean ever, like, looked at Sylvester Stallone, including in the weird Nickelodeon cut of this movie, Hilarious. and been like, this is a guy I would be attracted to. 
<laughs> I just, I don't yeah. have that feeling about him at all. But the way that he like kisses Adrian yes, for that yes. first time, not even, don't put a boing under it. Cause that is disrespectful not, to what I'm it is. Not, I'm, I'm, I'm just reminding you. <laughs> I truly felt like just the depth of love that was happening like in yeah. my bones. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. This is a man who has always just tried to survive. And this is like the first nice thing he has for himself. Yeah. Uh, the very first fight, he's scrapping it out for $40 after taxes. Like that's, that's kind of wild, man. It's kind of wild. I appreciate that they took the taxes out though. <laughs> Shower fees. They want is to to get him hit for tax fraud. Shower fees, towel fees, it's fucking crazy, man. And you know the funny thing is, I was thinking about when you're saying that his attractiveness in the movie. I mean, because this is you know '76, but by the time he, I mean, this obviously gets him to like a list sensation. But in the 80s and 90s, he's lean, he's buff, he's, like, chiseled, and he's, like, this kind of over-the-top action spectacular. So by that time, he's not even really human, but this is his most human part he's ever done. He's just a guy. Like, yeah. the, the specter of, like, the end of Rocky looms so large over Rocky... That when the movie starts and he's just a guy, I genuinely was like, this is not the movie that all <laughs> the the men like, right? <laughs> I mean... Like, I the- know that sounds kind of disrespectful, and I don't mean it to, but, like, your, like, mega alpha guy is just getting laid low left, right, and center in this thing. Yeah, I mean... And this is... What you guys, like, talk about? <laughs> well, talk about, no. Feel, yes. Like, there's there's so many moments where Rocky is, he's doing more feeling than actually saying. Another one of my favorite scenes is when Mickey's there trying to become his manager. And then Rocky is like, he's not even looking at Mickey. He's looking to the ground. He's like, like not even standing still. And it's only until after Mickey leaves where he lets out this anger and this hurt. Took you long enough to get here. Ten years you come to my house. Huh? What's the matter? You don't like my house? My house stink? That's right, it stinks! I ain't no favor from you! Don't slow around me! Talk about your prime. What about my prime, Nick? At least you had a prime! I ain't had no pride, I ain't had nothing. Legs are going, everything is going, no one's getting no nothing. Guy comes up, offers me a fight. Big deal, wanna fight the fight? Yeah, I'll fight the big fight. I wouldn't wanna fight that big fight, it was gonna happen to me. I'm gonna get that! I'm gonna get that! And you wanna be ringside and see it? Do you? You wanna help me out? Huh? Do you wanna see me get my face kicked in? Legs ain't working, nothing's working. They go, go on, fight the champ. Yeah, I'll fight him. My face kicked in. And you come around here, you want to move in here with me? Come on here, come to my house. 
And it's really kind of the only time in the movie where he truly does that. Like every other part, he's just basically emoting and sad. And it's like the way way that he's yelling when he goes down the stairs is like a wounded animal. Yeah. Men are wounded animals. It's it's not I'm mad that you're leaving me. It's I'm mad that you never noticed me until I became someone. Yeah. I have been here waiting for you to notice me for so long. And I would describe that traditionally as like a feeling associated with femininity. Mm, okay. I know that's silly, but I feel like especially in movies at that time, it's the women who are like, I was waiting for you to notice me. I've been here mm. this whole time and you didn't notice me until I got thin, wore heels, wore lipstick that one time, whatever, you know, your your thing du jour is, right? Yeah. And so for Rocky to be like, I've been here. I've done everything you've wanted me to do. I've been here. And now you're telling me you thought I had the talent to be successful the whole time? Fuck you. Like, no. Yeah. You don't get to come back into my life and tell me you always thought I was pretty. <laughs> yes, absolutely, yes. And it just, like, it it hits so hard. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, we see, we see their relationship of where... At the beginning, he's getting kicked out of his locker that he's had for years. And, like, he's calling him a, a Dago. Like, you know, Mickey's a fucking total asshole to him the entire time. But he doesn't circle it back around to he's actually worth something. And then that's, you know, it's pretty fucked I just, up. I get that Mickey is supposed to be seen as a guy that's like, it's the business. You know, yeah. it's a living, whatever. But, like, when he was, like, I wanted to be there for you, you know, but you didn't care enough. <laughs> such <Ooh>. <laughs> yeah, it's such Because, bullshit. like, it's pretty obvious, just watching this movie one time, that Rocky loves his animals. <laughs> yes. He loves Adrian. Yes. And he loves fighting. And yes. that's it. Yeah. And he doesn't even have Adrian until partway through the movie. Yeah. So, like, the fact that this man who knows really nothing about this guy is like, you could have been great, but you didn't care enough. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And I, I think that this movie just hit because it's so perfectly structured still. The quiet moments are quiet for a reason. They're not ever quiet because you're waiting for an explosion. Yeah. That's a thing I've gotten really tired of recently, that, like, quiet (laughs) because you know the bad thing's about to happen or the shoe is about to drop or, like, whatever. Yeah. And this doesn't have that. It's a testament to Stallone. And I talked a little bit about 80s and 90s Stallone, and I think a big thing for him... He was basically in competition with, at least from a public perspective, he was always in this competition with Arnold Schwarzenegger. But I think Stallone, like, secretly hated that, like, because Stallone was actually writing and directing his own shit. Yeah, and I read up about him a little bit. What an interesting dude. Yeah, like, if you just watched 90s Stallone and didn't, like, 
research anything, you would be like, okay, Demolition Man, Daylight or whatever, like Muscles, Cliffhanger. I'm I'm dying to know like what is like what books are on Sylvester Stallone's nightstand right now. Like I, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like he seems like the type of person who's probably reading two or three books at once. I hope so. (laughs) You know, I don't know about now. I can't speak to how he is now. Yeah, back then, though. Although although he is fucking fire on Tulsa King, if you have not seen it. I know you don't really do TV, but there's a couple highlight reels online, and he is really good, and he's playing like a really smart guy. One might even say a a wise guy. Um, Oh, my God. You've been hanging around Seth too long. <laughs> well, I, he's not a wise guy, really, because he's in fucking Tulsa. But it's a uh, similar type of vibe. Nah, I dig. I dig. And I think Stallone was always in Schwarzenegger's shadow, but I think there was much more to Stallone than than meets the eye. And this was this was the first product that proved it. And also just, like, I, I feel like the scene where he says... I can't do it. I can't beat him. I can't. I can't. He's too good. And she doesn't say, oh, yes, you can or whatever. She just says, so what are you going to do? What are we going to do? It's so sad. <laughs> yes. <And> I, like, <laughs> I feel like this is such a weird, like, not weird. I feel like he's like, oh, Schwarzenegger is is the the muscle, right? He's yeah. the body. Yeah. I have to set myself apart somehow. And so then it's really funny that, like, then he does Demolition Man. <laughs> <laughs> I I love Demolition Man. I love Cliffhanger. But, well, Cliffhanger has a little bit of the dra- dramatic tension between him and the woman lead. But it's not this. And the crazy shit is, I would actually say, if we look at Stallone as an actor, his two best performances, I personally feel... Is Rocky and Creed. I think Creed is his best performance he's ever done in in a film. He's like I may so I may good. actually watch that now. Well, do you have plans on watching the rest of the Rocky films? That's negative, Ghost Rider. So, I so I think it, so. Cat. So here's here's the thing. Uh, <laughs> do you need to watch the rest of the movies to watch Creed? I think the answer is quasi no, but I do think you should watch at least two. Give two a chance and just see how you feel with two. I think two is still pretty good, but like four and five and Rocky Balboa. I know you don't need to see those. Uh, Isn't isn't there one where he, someone has, Mickey has a robot butler. That is Cree. Oh, sorry. That's Rocky three, which I absolutely love the villain and Rocky three. Is that the one where the villains, that's not Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Hulk Hogan. Well, Hulk Hogan is in three as a brief cameo. And then Mr. T is Clever Lang is the actual villain of Rocky Three. Hey woman, hey woman, listen here. Since your old man ain't got no heart, maybe you'd like to see a real man. I bet you stay up late every night dreaming you had a real man, don't you? I tell you what, bring your pretty little self over to my apartment tonight, and I'll show you a real man. You want to? You get out! You get out! You get out! You get out! 
Which one's the one with the Russians? Is that four? That is four, yeah. Okay. So my favorite character in the entire Rocky franchise is Apollo Creed. And I think three is a great balance of Adrian, Rocky, and Apollo. The best of all the movies. If you skip at least two and three and then see Creed, you can do it. I think you should watch at least two, though. Okay. I think you should watch at least two. But no, I think Creed is Creed is an excellent, excellently made movie, excellently acted movie as well. For me, the only I would say, and I don't think this is a flaw. I just think that he made a better choice to build Rocky and tell the universe of Balboa because Apollo is my favorite character. I wish he would have been given a little bit more depth, but in Rocky Two, he gets that depth anyway. So it's not like a it's not I, a terrible thing, but. I will say I just liked him. Like he, yeah, his like, whole thing was so good. Yeah, and that's the beautiful part of Rocky is where, if your villain is enduring in his own lane, that's a good thing because you want this to be a true formidable challenge. And yeah, I think, and, and he's not really, he's not evil. Yeah, like he's just a capitalist. The, the that's worst it. thing that's that. He also gets like fucking annoyed. Like at one point he's like, "Oh, this fucker's like fighting for real." <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> like and and instead of being like a diva about it, he just kind of like sets his jaw and goes back out there. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that the the storytelling of that is so thoughtful. Yeah. One of my favorites I, I keep picking out a lot of my favorite scenes in the movie, but one of my favorite scenes in the movie is it's like when Rocky is on the news and he's beating up the, the cows and Duke, the trainer, is sitting with his dress shirt open in the chain just studying Rocky. For some reason, that visual is like, this is so cool. Like, I don't, the, real, I, the real Italian stallion was right there with that open <laughs> shirt and the chain. Because it's, it's so random. It's like, you're in this business office. Why are you just just shirt just dangling open like he's so real for him, but why so you know it's there's just a lot of good moments in this movie man it's a real lot of good moments in this movie i need a couple of my favorite what are what a couple of your favorite scenes the kiss with adrian is just so good yeah and you really see like you see little flashes of his heart earlier yeah. in the film when he's like talking to that girl about like hey man like don't all, all the boys, man, don't do that shit. Like, yeah, yeah. And like, it's pretty heteronormative and cringe by 2023 standards, but by like, what 1976 so, standards? Like, that's just yeah. good safety advice. It's still good safety advice. I, mean, I, was I don't even, I don't yeah. even really, I, I don't care for the slut shaming about it, but like, it's, it's a fair point. I think if you just look broadly, the idea that it's important for you to maintain who you are and not get lost in these these guys i think that right. is so applicable so but you oh, see yeah. these little flashes of his heart and when he says to adrian i'm going i'm going to kiss I, can i kiss you but you don't have to kiss me back you can see him be nervous yeah you can basically hear his heart like beating in his chest and it is so thoughtful and thorough and just like good yeah 
I generally am anti-kissing in movies. Not because I dislike it, but because I feel like if you're not smart about it, it gets very boring very quickly. And like watching watching two really beautiful people and not seeing the parts of them that are objectively the things that attract us to them because they're too busy grinding them together. But this, this something about this just really landed for me. And I, I truly mean that in the least horny way possible. And the reason I love two and three also is because Salone is still really smart about Adrian is his rock, basically. And yeah. their their relationship never feels like Salone is saving her or or just or just a one-way street. It never feels like one is saving the other. It feels like they are truly two sides of the same coin. And I think that the they, movies they, really do that really well. They gaps. Oh my god, the, the Philly Cats quote. Oh, that was oh man. You really like her? Sure I like. I don't see it. What's the attraction? I don't know. Fills gaps, I guess. What's gaps? I don't know, gaps. She's got gaps, I got gaps, together we fill gaps. I don't know. Oh, we fill gaps, you know. Uh, I got gaps. I, she's got gaps. We fill gaps. Like so, so. I. That's genius writing. And I also think that that maybe is my favorite. Act like my favorite in the whole thing. Yeah. Every moment that you see his heart, just like open, like his chest is open and his heart is right there in front of you. Yeah. Like. When he says hi to the dog, when he gets the dog, when Adrian is like, I got you the dog because I didn't worry about you running alone. <laughs> Even though, yeah. like, he's like, look at, for fuck's sake, look at him. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But she's not worried about him, you know, getting in trouble. She's worried about him being lonely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, like, all of that stuff just hits it absolutely does absolutely does and (laughs) and for me i think when he's just yelling into the microphones at the end for her and she's (laughs) running to him and he and they just are both yelling like i love you in the ring and they can't hear each other and it's like this cacophony of shit right like yeah and then the score he didn't win the fight but he went all the way and they have each other, which is really what the movie is about. Uh, yeah, the actual climax of the movie is I love you. In a, in a yeah. boxing movie. Yeah, that's the victory. <laughs> yes, that is the absolute victory. Was, yes, like, and then the swelling of the score at the end, and then the freeze frame of his battered face. Like, they were yeah. really with the and, shit. And- if they said it to like miracles happen once in a while from uh, I think it's from Princess Diaries, like that would totally land. Like it would, <laughs> and and I get that it's like the textbook for a lot of the things that have come subsequently. Oh yeah, yeah. But it truly to me was like the Casablanca style textbook where it doesn't feel like dated and done to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think Stallone was really smart about crafting Philadelphia 
at the time, or at least his version of what he thought Philadelphia at the time would be for Rocky. He was smart about crafting the characters around him and Rocky. And I think the stars were in line. I think the stars are truly in line. Which, I mean, they should have been, because at that point he had been trying to really break through for for 10 years. And yeah. clearly it's not a lack of talent that was the problem. Yeah. From a culture perspective, I think from Stallone, even with the stuff with Schwarzenegger, I do think that the Rocky character was so mammoth that he had like real difficulty dealing with that also. I don't know what you do after that. Yeah, man. Like, h- how are you Mark Hamill after Star Wars? You know, like, it's... Well, and it's... that's the thing that's interesting, right? Like, Mark Hamill, first of all, was in a, a car accident that yeah. created a lot of disfiguring and dysphoria for him. So that obviously was a factor for him. That is not necessarily a factor for everybody else. But, like, he largely pivoted to voice work. Yeah. Like, his choice was to go really far the other way. Carrie Fisher's choice was to, like, I think, swim. <laughs> you know, like, her... Yeah. And some. I think it, it is probably due to how they were brought up as well. I was reading one of Roger Ebert books, Kiss Kiss Spang Bang, and it's basically, like, full of essays that he wrote around the... I think it was early 80s, late 70s, and one of them was on Stallone. And and so Rocky 1 is this mammoth thing. The Rocky 2 is even bigger than that. And he had to basically get talked into doing Rocky 3. And his his whole idea was, you know, this is going to be it. We're going to fight in the Coliseum, and this is going to be Rocky's last fight. And then what happened next? Rocky 4 happened after that. It's like, it's this thing of you created this icon, iconic character, and you can't escape it, so you have to keep revisiting it and keep living in it. And I think it isn't until Creed to where I think he finds true peace in that. I think Creed is, I think the other Rocky movies are really good, but I think Creed is the actual time where he's like, I'm so far away from the Rocky lore that I can at least dip back into that well and still channel a really good performance to show you what this era of Stallone is as a middle-aged man. So, so yeah, I, I couldn't imagine being that famous man. Like, this has to be a mindfuck. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really interesting also, though, because, like, he was one of the Planet Hollywood guys. Yeah. Which was a, a good proposition for a while, at least. Like, yeah. I feel like he's pretty clearly a smart guy. I just wish that he got the chance to flex that more. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And And I think it would have been a more interesting career if he had been taken more seriously in that area. And I feel like they're starting to let him do that now. I feel like Tulsa King is very that. I feel like some of this other stuff is, is very that. Another great performance from Stallone in the late 90s was Copland. And it's another role where it's very quiet, subdued. He's someone that is continually underrated in the movie as a character. And it's so funny. I think, and it's actually, it kind of goes back to the original question of of men and why they will be attracted to, 
to this character. I think somewhere in Stallone, he has the ability to channel these broken or at least underrated men. And I think in, in Rocky, he does that very well. Coppola, he does it very well. Creed is different. He's not underrated anymore, but he kind of channels it to something a little bit newer. And I think he's, you know, along with Schwarzenegger, they have dramatic chops. And I think because they were like muscles and bombs and explosions, they they didn't really get to live outside of that bubble. And it's sad. Yeah. Yeah. And like Schwarzenegger's very funny and clearly also decently smart. He was a governor for a while. Yeah. Until he got caught diddling the nanny, which was not his smartest move, but uh, whatever. Happens to the best of us. <laughs> but, uh, We're all allowed to have shortcomings. Exactly. Um. What up, you mutant miscreants? It is I, Oroko Saki. AKA The Shredder, here to tell you about the Shredhead podcast, starring me, The Shredder, and my best friend, my main brain, the brains of the outfit I'm talking about, Krang. Krang is there. He's my producer. We have a podcast. It's utterly ridiculous. It's an insane premise. Uh, to top it all off, I, I haven't even seen the Ninja Turtles in years, but we're primarily talking about hoops. Yes, the national, the national BA, the W national BA. Um, oh damn it! I've run into the lyrics. I'm sorry, but just check out the Shredhead podcast. It's me. It's crying. It's crazy. Well, every day, five days a week for 15 years, I've been sitting behind that desk, the dispassionate pundit. Reporting with seemly detachment the daily parade of lunacies that constitute the news. And just once, I wanted to say what I really felt. So when we look at the Oscars for this year, in our last recording, when we did Color Money and Children of a Lesser God, we went through the Oscar winners and nominees, and it was, you know, a little rough. But the 77 Oscars or the 49th Academy Awards... This is actually a pretty nuts year. So Rocky and Network both got 10 nominations apiece. They tied for most that year. Jesus. They both got Best Picture noms. They both got Best Director noms. They both got Best Actor and Best Actress noms. And and they both got Best Supporting Actor. And Rocky didn't get Supporting Actress nom. Who would that be? Like, oh, no, Elliot be Shire is the second lead. Oh, yeah, she got nominated for Best Actress. Yeah. Right. right There's no said. other women in this picture. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, maybe one of the turtles, who knows? <laughs> but I mean, so, Cuff, Cuff does definitely seem a little femme. Touche, touche. So it's Rocky, Network, Taxi Driver, All the President's Men, Carrie. This is a really stacked year for nominations and it's rocky one best picture and it's like it beat all the president's men taxi driver and network and i i don't know about beating network i mean but i think this is a perfect episode pairing because it is a juxtaposition of network being so tapped in and just so smart about itself and so darkly funny 
But then also you had this big mammoth popular movie and Rocky. And they both, I mean, they they both fill gaps. Both of these movies fill yeah. gaps. And, and both of them have really interesting places in the modern zeitgeist. Yeah. So Rocky won Best Picture and John Avelson got Best Director. Yeah, over Sydney, man. That's, I don't know about, yeah, I don't know about that one. But uh, but Peter Finch as Howard Bill did get Best Actor. Faye Dunaway did get Best uh, Actress. Posthumously, correct? Yeah, or Peter to go. Yeah, he, he passed like pretty soon after Network released. Sylvester Stallone did get nominated for Best Actor, which I fully endorsed the nomination, fully endorsed the nomination. And Burt Young as Paulie got nominated for Best Actor. Oh, sorry, Best Supporting really? Actor. So he got... <laughs> so also, uh, Bert, Burgess Meredith got nominated for Mickey as well in Best Supporting Actor. That one at least makes a little bit more sense to me. I believe fairly strongly that the Oscars should have a best guest actor or actress category, you know, <laughs> yeah. where maybe they're in under 25 minutes of film or whatever, right? Whatever your cutoff yeah. is, but it's a little less than supporting. And to me, like Burgess Meredith is such a perfect that. Yes, he's yeah. in the movie a lot, but not compared to the people in Rocky's like life outside of the ring. And I think that there's a lot of, work that could like that to me is a winning performance just not in that category and not in that year yeah i think there are a lot of performances that if you look at them like i think should be nominated but aren't because they're not big enough yeah but also like deserve to be acknowledged in that area yeah and i think it's even a category where on years that it's a very tight category they could do actor slash actress it doesn't have to be gender segregated they went up against Jason Robards for All the President's Men, Ned Beatty, which... The world is a business, Mr. Beale. It has been since man crawled out of the slime. And our children will live, Mr. Beale, to see that perfect world in which there's no war or famine oppression, or brutality. One vast and ecumenical holding company for whom all men will work to serve a common profit in which all men will hold a share of stock. All necessities provided, all anxieties tranquilized, all boredom amused and I have chosen you Mr. Beale to preach this evangel why me because you're on television dummy 60 million people watch you every night of the week Monday through Friday I have seen the face of God you just might be right Mr. Beale I fucking love him in that work. Actually, just him as an actor. And Laurence Olivier in Marathon Man. So, the Pauly Nam, you know. I mean, but again, like, this movie was so massive that you can at least see it from just, like, a popularity standpoint. And I know Mickey was kind of like this 
icon of like just pop culture for like sports references and stuff. I think from that perspective, you can see it, but it's like, but you know. that's also I to me that's much more what he says than how he is. To me, the acting that wins is when he closes the door, pretends to leave, and then uh-huh. waits for Rocky to come out of the bathroom. You know, the performance he gives on the stairs. Like, yeah. that to me is the the capital A acting that matters in this film and in this performance. So I don't want to say it's an unearned nomination because the work is being done. I just think compared to even, what, what you said, his name's Mikey, right? Mickey. 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 No, the the other guy. Pauly. Pauly. There we go. Fucking Italians. Um, <laughs> Hilarious. But Pauly is in significantly more screen time. Yeah. And so it's hard to compare from that perspective. No, oh, yeah. I, I got you. I got you. And Stallone did get nominated for Best Original Screenplay. That tracks to me. Yeah. It totally does. There's below the line stuff, but again, like we only want to focus on kind of the big dogs for this one. And, and actually, it went uh, for best original screenplay. It did go up against network, and network did win. So, and I, that, I, I approve of that message. I <laughs> I like both of these films a lot. I actually think they're both five star movies. Okay, but all right. I think network is a little tighter in the writing. Oh, I mean, it's. Oh man, like so the first time I watched Network was in February of last year. And around I, when I first saw it. Oh, nice. And I left thinking, is this the best movie ever? Or what? <laughs> like like it's the the writing is so impeccable. The acting is so good. Like and the message and the message of everything is so prescient to today and it it was network is very a very remarkable movie, and I think the season that we've done and the pairings that we've done this actually may be when we look at both movies. I think this is probably the best pairing that we've done as far as like the two movies all season. Yeah, I think you might be right. So, what are your thoughts on network? I think it's perfect. I mean, I I know that's a high. A high dive to start on. I mean, <laughs> but hey, you know what? Look behind you and guess who's right there with you? Me. <laughs> so. Yeah. Network is everything that I have been hoping movies would say. I mean. It really covers the whole business. Yeah. It covers the whole business in a way that is equal parts like cynical and bitter and awful and a love letter. Yeah. It is a love letter to the people who build things from the ground up. It is a disparaging email to the people who make money off of every aspect, regardless of who gets hurt. Yeah. It is a love letter to the people who put themselves on the line. And the whole thing, I think, just becomes so gray, but it's such a pleasant gray. Yeah. It really toes the line of some people are good and some people are bad, but no one is clean. Absolutely, yes, absolutely. But it still enables you to to care about people. And I think that's a really dangerous tightrope. <laughs> yes. 
And if, if one performance was less good or one line was less good, I feel like the whole thing deflates. It's like a souffle. If one thing goes wrong, the whole thing collapses. Nine, Ready up on one. eight, Ready seven, eight, one six, five, four, three, two, one. One QBTA. And. Q announcer. The UBS Evening News. With Howard Beale. Ready to. Two Q Howard. Good evening. Today is Wednesday, September the 24th. And this is my last broadcast. Yesterday, I announced on this program that I was going to commit public suicide. Admittedly, an act of madness. Well, I'll tell you what happened. I just ran out of bullshit. All right, cut him off. Leave him on. Am I still on the air? If this is how he wants to go out, this I is how he goes I don't know any other way to say it, except that I just ran out of bullshit. Yeah. Uh, look, Mr. Schumacher's right here. Do you want to talk to bullshit him? Bullshit is all the reasons we give for living. And if we can't think of any reasons of our own, we always have the God bullshit. Holy Mary, Mother of God. We don't know yeah, why we're going it? through all this pointless pain, humiliation, and decay, so there better be someone somewhere who does know. That's the God bullshit. He's saying that life is like bullshit, and it is. So what are you screaming bullshit. about? Man is a noble creature that can order his own world. Who needs God? Well, if there's anybody out there that can look around this demented slaughterhouse of a world we live in and tell me that man is a noble creature, Believe me, that man is full of bullshit. What's so goddamn funny? I can't help it, Harry. It's funny. I don't have anything. Thanks. And even for like that, the tightrope. I know Faye Dunaway's character. You you know what she is. She's so cold and so calculating. But this <laughs> this she's is also the only like woman. A... She's the only woman who's made it this high up. Yeah. Which is what you had to do in 1976. Yeah. And you can see why Max would be so beguiled by her. Like, he would be so smitten with her. You can totally see Yeah. Her. Watching this, I often think about the fact that Faye Dunaway was married to Peter Wolf of the Jay Giles Band. And he was always kind of a wacky, swinging creative. And she obviously is an actress, and she's really talented. But I think that she's very career-minded in that yeah. career-minded sense and every time i see pictures of them because they were married around this time i'm just like Ugh. like <laughs> okay because she does such a good job of selling me on the fact that she would rip anyone's throat out yeah if they got in her way and not in a malicious way she yeah. wouldn't necessarily apologize after but like she would feel bad for 28 seconds while she's getting her eyebrows done. <laughs> I mean, she approached Max with teaming up and he didn't want it. So that's her saying, like, I tried to get you in. You didn't want it. So bye. You know? So. Yeah. But I also just think that there's something so like the movie approaches her with a lot of empathy. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think literally watching it this most recent time, I was like, yeah, it is a living, and she is doing her best. Like, <laughs> as she's, like, doing all of these horrible things and making these choices I would never agree with. Absolutely. And I'm like, let her work! Like, <laughs> She's a woman making it on her own. Let her cook. Exactly. Yeah, man. Like, But it also does that without, like, pedestalizing her. 
Oh, because yeah. it could really be like this is how women should be in business, and it's not that either. Ooh, I'm very happy it's not that. It's not scolding her. It's not scolding you for not being that. It is merely presenting this is how she is. This is what she does. Yeah, when you talk about that that tightrope, high wire act, it's obviously critiquing capitalism and and greed and everything else. But at the same time, like it's not gonna kumbaya you to death it's at least trying to get you it's 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 so funny we we use woke well not we but like people try to capitalize and like use woke as this thing of a negative but network is trying to open your eyes to like things that are happening of the moment and i think that <laughs> i think the high wire act is really good and my favorite <laughs> well one of my favorite exchanges in the whole movie is when when she meets Lauren Hobbs and she, <laughs> I, I can't, I'm not going to get through it all. I'm going to put the drop in the movie, but when she's like, Christ, you brought half the William Morris West Coast office along with you. Hi, I'm Diana Christensen, a racist lackey of the imperialist ruling circles. I'm Lauren Hobbs, a badass commie nigger. Sounds like the basis of a firm friendship. I am Diane Christensen, a racist, a racist lackey of the imperialist ruling circles. It's so good. It's so good. Like, <laughs> this movie is so self-aware that it's almost scary, but it's so good. Like, ugh. I just, ugh. Ugh. All of it's so good. The way the narration makes it seem like it's a mystery the way that the narrative <laughs> is not a mystery at all. Um, yeah, exactly, exactly. The way that Max is such a fucking idiot. I know, he truly is. First of all, it makes me laugh because whenever I ask people, you know, all this week I was like, oh, I'm watching Network. And everyone who knew it goes, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> yes. Like, it clearly impressed on people yeah. so much. And yeah. like my mom was like, I have never seen it, but that's the I'm mad as hell and I just can't take it anymore movie, right? <laughs> I'm not going to take this anymore. That's sorry. But still, you get what I mean? Yes, I get And like you. my dad, my dad was like, oh, I saw Network. It's great. I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. Like Pete, big Pete. <laughs> so like ubiquitous, right? And then there, there's... You start to see it everywhere. I don't know if you ever watched the animated show, The Critic. They have one, uh, an episode that parodies Network. Nice, nice. And that was, I believe, came out in the nineties. Yeah, it's um, not John Lithgow, John Lovitz. And it's like all of this is so detached from how we see media now, but also not at all. I think about the 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 line from the narration, the first known instance of a man who was killed because he had lousy ratings. <laughs> and all I can think about are these shows that are four, five, ten years old that are now lost media because Say, they man. had lousy ratings on streaming. Streaming can be a graveyard for a lot of these these properties, man. And then but they like, can get taken network, off streaming too. Network is only available to rent. Yeah, it was on it was well, it was on HBO Max. I don't think it's ever been on Max yet, but it was on I HBO. can't imagine why HBO doesn't want 
a film that criticizes the system they're continually trying to revive and perpetuate <laughs> on their streaming service. <laughs> right. You know, the funny thing is, if even for like Bill's monologues and stuff when he's criticizing and making observations about television, if you take those shits and just flip and put internet instead of television in certain spots, it all applies today. It's so scary, but it's it's incredible how on time it was then and now. It's it's so good. Because you're on YouTube, dummy. 60 million people watch you every night of the week, Monday through Friday. I've seen the face of God. You might just be right, Mr. Beale. Oh my God. That that scene. It's is the best. <laughs> it's the best so thing good. ever. Shoot so it good. straight into my veins. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Oh man. So with Rocky, I just said my thing about Apollo Creed. You know, that's it's not a big thing, it's whatever. I literally don't have a flaw and I, I can't think of a thing I dislike about network. I just absolutely can't. Yeah. Like, oh man. It's it's I watched I watched Network earlier today and my plan when this podcast is over is to watch it again. I'm saying, man, like <laughs> when fucking uh Robert Duvall's like <laughs> when he's like talking about the ratings and big tits. It's a big fat, big titted hit, and I don't have to waffle around with Ruddy anymore. How do you get through that take? How did he get through the fucking take? Like, I was like, and, oh my God, the the scene where the radicals are negotiating points on their contracts. Like, that's like, that's how you know the movie is not taking itself super seriously because it obviously has an ideology about itself. But you have these so-called revolutionaries tried to get residual rights like what the fuck like oh my god network is network it's truly incredible man like the world is a business take me to the middle of the george washington bridge <laughs> don't you got a lot to live for oh man and sydney lumet which yeah he should have got best director and i know we talked about paul newman and I just watched The Verdict for the first time, directed by Selena Matt. And that movie is special too, man. Like, it's flawless. It's fucking flawless. I just got to throw this out there because I feel like I don't hear about this a lot. I just got to throw out some real love on the Louise Schumacher performance, Max's wife. Oh, yeah. Like, even, like, she's in two scenes. And but, she is, like, the only real, real person in this movie. Yes. Yes. And do you love her? I don't know how I feel. I'm grateful I can feel anything. I know I'm Ooh. obsessed with her. Then say it. You keep telling me you're obsessed. You're infatuated. Say that you're in love with her. Like, she's so... Ah! 25 years. Like, ugh. She's channeling that, is a, that, that is so a well. line that she could have just coasted on. Yeah. It's so well written that she could have just been like, and like, instead she's just like, oh, I've got two scenes. Bet. Like she. Exactly. No one coasts. She's in it to win it. Yeah, absolutely. Just a weird, creepy fact. Peter Finch is Australian. 
Uh, he was the first ever person to win uh, the best actor posthumously. Yep. yep. The second person was Heath Ledger, who is also Australian. <laughs> they got it going over there, man. So I'll I don't know what's goats. going on over there, but drink some extra water, Australia. <laughs> R.P. to the goats, man. For real. Additionally, Peter Finch wanted to be Howard Beale so badly once he read the script that he offered to fly himself from Sydney to New York for the screen test. And Sidney Lumet was like, no, brah, you're Australian. We'll all know. Hilarious. And so then Lumet received a recording of Finch reading the New York Times with a perfect American accent. He read the entire Sunday Times into a reel-to-reel. And then nice. overnighted it to New York because he was like, no, I, I am the man for this. And I will not let you give it to anyone else. Nice. And his his accent doesn't slip. If you didn't read anything about this movie, you don't truly see where his accent slips in and out. So even he, even um, if you know that he's Australian, it really does not slip. Yeah. I think part of it is that he knows he is right for it. And I think everybody in this movie knows. Yeah. One of the things that I like about the movie is that there's no insecurity. Everyone in it is in it. And they are committed. And they are there. And they are... They're all in. And the script is all in. And the direction is all in. And it all lands. Yeah, man. But, Kat, can I ask you a question? Sure. Would you like... To be an angry prophet, denouncing the hypocrisy of our time. <laughs> Does it end with me getting murdered by Hyphen Podcast Group? Not by me. You know? Oh, there are yeah. Other members to the network. If you're Howard, I'm Max, so I'm gonna blow my marriage of 25 years. On a coalesced dame who orgasms in 15 seconds. Oh man, I'm so sorry your name redacted. <laughs> I'm sorry you had to find out like this. <laughs> My bad. My bad. If you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, rate us five stars, leave a review, and tell a friend to tell a friend. Follow Kat at Ketchinetti on X, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Follow Marcus at Show and Mad Love, S H O W I N M A D L O V, on X and Letterboxd. Follow the show at Cat and Mark on X. This podcast is executive produced by Kellen Conley and Eric Greenlee. Thanks for listening. We should do this again sometime. This is a hyphen podcast production. Are you not entertained?